Come on, everybody, it's time to listen in to an actor and a teacher who love their wrestling. No more division, forget those prejudices. The Wrestling Connection is here with Glenn and Chris. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wrestling Connection podcast. My name is Glenn, and I am joined by my close personal friend, Chris. We are a very positive podcast and if you're new to us this week we love to talk about wrestling in a very positive sense and we focus on how wrestling connects us all in an age of division i mentioned my very close personal friend chris chris how are you this fine day very good thank you i'm loving how we we should totally do that by the way at the start of every episode we should give the sort of mission statement of the podcast to you know to entice new listeners i like that Absolutely. I'm hoping you're feeling enticed, dear listener, especially if you're new to us this week. Welcome, come in, have a seat, have a cup of tea, just stay two metres away, bring your own cup. Yes, I'm enticed. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a very different type of podcast altogether now. Welcome to another episode, yes. No, how are you? Which, if you look at if you look at some of our Twitter followers, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear listener, just uh, on our um, Twitter handle, what are, what are we on Twitter again, Chris? We are it's, at uh, WrestleConnect1. At WrestleConnect1, we, listen, we welcome, come one, come all is what we yes. say. We welcome all sorts because ultimately, guys, that's, like I said, our little mission statement. If you're listening to us for the first time, we are just um, wrestling fans and we know that there are lots of other wrestling fan podcasts. And yes, right. sometimes we are critical, but listen, we like to be positive and encompassing and welcoming. And we just fondly reminisce on our wrestling memories on this show. Uh, and in that positive spirit, it's fine, uh, no matter who you are, or what your profession is, if you want to follow us on that Twitter account. But we have noticed in the last week, uh, a sudden upsurge, to use my language carefully, um, uh, a sudden rise in um, perhaps, shall I just say, adult-only Twitter accounts. And that's not me having a go or belittling anyone who has any kind of Twitter account that they want. Yeah. But all I'm just saying is it was kind of a surprise for the relatively wholesome tone of the podcast that yeah. we're trying to go for. I think it's because listen, that's kind of like the picture we're trying to paint, that we are wholesome and we are for everybody and that sort of thing. And that, that's exactly our point. We are for everybody. So even if you are one of those accounts, that's fine. Just don't expect yeah. to be retweeted and everything going forward. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you all the same if you take the time to listen to us yes. uh, and if you take the time to follow us on our social medias. Um, but yes, Chris, uh, it's been it's been another interesting week since last week. Last yes. week we sat down at WrestleMania 40, uh, WrestleMania 40, <laughs> episode 40, and watched Royal Rumble 2001. Um, but the burning question coming out of last week's episode, Chris, is how much did you like um, our uh, artwork for that episode? <laughs> I was very impressed and I've been meaning to try and figure out how to do some sort of specific artwork for every episode. Do you know the way like Conrad does with like yeah. groups and GR and stuff like that? I think it's brilliant. But they did Royal Rumble 2001 this week as well, which was crazy. That, yeah. And I just, I mean, obviously, what are the odds? But also it was the 20 year anniversary and they like to do anniversaries and that sort of thing. So I was like, right, fine. They've not just copied this, believe it or not. But they did yeah. like a, a Royal Rumble 01 sort of parody poster. And they had like uh, like numerous pictures of GR and all the characters, and yeah. I just thought that was like such a funny idea. But they always do yeah. it. There's no surprise. So when you texted yeah. me that idea, I was like, "Oh, what a lovely, <laughs> lovely surprise!" And we should totally do that going forward. So yeah, who knows, folks? And then maybe on the socials now, with all this chat about our Twitter and our Instagram and our Snap book face chat whatever we've got yeah um you, you there may be artwork for this week's episode which will be determined by what the hell we actually talk about yes only sometimes dear listener do we actually have a plan for this but uh yeah but like i say it's been a, a crazy week since that week chris i'm wondering how it's been for you 
it's been it's been it's been good. It's you're still in that sort of situation where it is very an uncertain time. Um, as we progress through twenty twenty and into twenty twenty one, we feel like we are going a, a good direction, you know, and then we feel like we're going in that direction for a long time, and we're yeah. still going in that direction, and we're still going in that direction, and eventually there's got to be some sort of, you know, end to this tunnel. Um, mm-hmm. and I believe it is coming within the next number of months, but I feel like I've been saying that for a while now. Um, but as we're just kind of working our way through the year, I'm keeping my head up. I'm staying positive. I'm still trying to do as much of my normal life as I can um, mm-hmm. and making allowances here and there, whether it be instead of going to a friend's house, it's making a certain couple of hours, making some time to FaceTime them or whatever, you know what I mean? And instead of going mm-hmm. for a takeaway all the time, we're actually maybe just cooking something in the house, something like that, um, just to kind of make the exceptions here and there. And we'll, 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 we'll all get there. We've been It's been a constant theme of the podcast since we started last April um, yep. which is nearly a year away <laughs> nearly a year ago um that it's been constantly like you know oh yeah we're doing this and we're doing that and we're doing that so i mean it's i feel like the wrestling connection would be weird without talking about what's been happening in a pandemic themed world um so hopefully sometime soon we can get in person and chat about some wrestling together but what about you how's your week been it's been really good, man. Uh, it's been a back uh, back to work for me this week. Um, obviously, we're recording slightly ahead of time, so like this, uh, by the time this goes out, we'll maybe have been back at work for a couple of weeks. But you know, remote teaching is a real thing, and I'm going to say a little bit more about that when we start to talk about our moment of the week. Um, yes. Uh, before we jump into that, have you have you been have you had any kind of wrestling related uh, interactions this week? Have you been watching any wrestling? How busy have you been for it? Uh, well, I watched the Bailey Broken Skull Sessions episode. I thought that was really oh, it's good. good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was really good. I like I like when the guests are really laid back and chilled, right? And I thought yeah. Bailey wouldn't be that because oh my god, the Stone Cold Steve Austin, but she was great. And I know they've done like those podcasts before for the actual Steve Austin show, like the podcast version. So I know yeah. like you know the ice has maybe been broken a wee bit between those guys, those two guys, I should say, or or those two people. Um, so. Oh, there was no awkwardness there and there was no kind of like, oh my God, I'm being interviewed by my hero. It was really just like a chat. And those are the best episodes, you know? Um, yeah. I thought that was really good. In terms of wrestling-wise, just any day that I've got, like I'm on and off or whatever, I'm just doing my Attitude Era watch-along. I got to Rebellion 2000. No, not ah, 2000. Yeah. Sorry. I, I, I saw a VHS cover of 2000. It's actually 1999. I'm not on 2000 right. yet. I'm buzzing to get to 2000. It was Rebellion 99. Great year. And uh, the mm-hmm. main event is The Rock and Triple H in a steel cage match. And it is, as you know very well <clears throat> from the UK tours, it was the Black Bars um, steel cage rather than yeah. like the actual steel mesh one. So that's always interesting to see like a sort of, I don't want to say modern day wrestling, but that cage is synonymous with like the, the 80s and that sort of thing. So seeing that and like the yeah. actual era with The Rock and Triple H and that sort of thing was really good. And what I loved about that match is that when Triple H and The Rock are making their way to the ring, there's someone who is like sitting in the crowd at the sort of IOA sort of bit. And they've, I don't know what it is. It's like confetti or they've cut up like a newspaper or something like that. So when the Rock and Triple H walk past them, they just like throw this confetti-like substance in the air and it just kind of rains on them, right? So the Rock is walking out, he's all cool and that sort of thing. It just gets these bits of newspaper thrown at him. And the Rock is just trying to like stay stay true to the character and remain, you know, cool as the Rock can be. But he's just got like wee bits of newspaper. It kind of looks like tea bags that are just all over his body. And he's waving them <laughs> off and that sort of thing. And clearly, like, they were watching that in the back and Triple H is like, oh my God, like, I'm going to try and avoid this guy. So Triple H comes out and he's walking, like, really quickly as if, like, you know, the way Triple H would walk really intensely to the ring. Yeah. And then, and then he just gets hit in the face with all this confetti. 
<laughs> and you can see him getting so angry and he kind of like turns around and like shouts at the guy and throws his arms in the air and that sort of thing. So I just don't know why you would be that person when you're at a wrestling show and throwing not only, yeah. I mean, why would you throw anything at a wrestler? But when it's something so silly, like wee bits of paper yeah. and like something like a party trick, I, I just it just made no. me laugh. Absolutely, and listen. No, I'm sure I speak for both of us. We don't condone ever doing anything Absolutely like that. Show, uh, it is a little bit funny, but it's not. Uh, you know, it's it's really bad. And you know, it's funny, right? Like, not funny is not the right word. You know, what's interesting is that I remember when I first started going to ICW shows, and for me, it was a wee bit later than you because you you went to like the kind of original yeah. ICW uh, Mary Hill Community Center mm-hmm. or Mary Hill Town Hall, rather. Um, and uh, I started going when they started to just pick up their buzz. It was kind of just as Grado was taking off. And uh, so maybe 2012, 2013, you know, mm-hmm. at the garage when it was kind of 18 plus at that point. Yeah. Um, I remember those first few shows I would go to, people throwing beers and stuff into the ring at the heels was quite a normal thing. And really? a lot of those fans, I think, thought they were um, honoring, like, the yeah. the cape of like boo the heels so we hate them so much we'll throw something at him but how how stupid do you need to be it's you're the ring is already like a dangerous place so yeah. then you make it slippy when these athletes are trying to put you on a show for you it's ridiculous they actually stopped the show a couple of times and uh, i pleaded with fans not to do it and then Mark Dallas would go out on the Facebook and, you know, you know, uh, tear apart anybody or uh, who was doing it. And it, it just eventually stopped. But it was kind of this because I remember, you know, it was when it first got big and it became 18 plus ICW. It was like the spiritual successor to ECW or so it felt for us as mm-hmm. wrestling fans, finally getting something so exciting to go to. Uh, and I can understand like the logic of these people or lack thereof, I guess. But it baffles me to this day that people would go to a wrestling show and the vast majority, and I'm talking about 95% of people who pay to go to a wrestling show know that it is that. It's a show. Right. Uh, they know the, the true nature of wrestling. Uh, and it just baffles me that people would still do that to this day. You know, we're, we're surely we're long past the days of, you know, people throwing batteries and stuff at heels right. like in the 70s and 80s where they thought it was real. Or like the ECW thing where they throw the chairs in the ring and that sort of thing. Maybe that's the reason why the ICW removed the chairs so they couldn't get thrown in the ring. But you know, then they added that thing at the start of the show where the ring announcer Simon Cassidy would say now at the start of all the shows, he would be like, just a reminder, please do not throw anything into the ring. You will be escorted. You know, like he yeah, actually he, says that at the start of every show he, now. Yeah, he does that. We run. Was it? What is it? He says he's like, uh, you'll you'll be asked to leave. You won't be allowed back, and everyone will think you're a fanny. It's something like that. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? <laughs> and he's right. Um, he is right. Yeah. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big Simon Casty fan, by the way. I'm, I'm, yeah. It's great to see his wee face in the network for the, the yes. new ICW fight club stuff that they've been filming. I've enjoyed that. He seems like a really good guy, and um, I remember back and I mentioned it last week or the week before. When I used to listen to that radio show they used to do, the one wrestling show, he used to be on that quite a bit. He was always nice yeah. on there. Um, but there's also something, I don't, is it DCT or was it Jackie Polo or something, where it's like streamers became a thing, where folk would throw mm-hmm. streamers. I mean, I love the idea. But see, when I was younger and I was growing up watching like ROH and that sort of thing, I used to fantasize about going to an independent show where you could throw the streamers just for the spectacle mm-hmm. of it. I just thought it was like such a cool yeah. idea. But then you think about it and what like a nuisance it would be to try and clean it up. Um, so yeah. I think it's like DCT. Um, and ICW, people would throw streamers at him and stuff. And I remember, like, obviously that's not condoned that you throw anything at the ring, but the security guards around the ring, which are, you know, trainees at the school, you'd see them getting really frustrated, being like, oh, because we're mm-hmm. the ones that need to tidy this up. Like, why would you do that? It, almost as if, like, 
I know you're trying to play a part to the show and help the characters, but it's really just been a nuisance. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, I, don't, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, what about you? What have you been watching this week? Has it been anything anything out of the ordinary for you? Apart from like catching up with Raw and SmackDown as and when it happens, um, I've, I need to get back into Impact because um, you know, like Impact is kind of on fire right now. I think with with all the AEW stuff that they're doing, yeah. um, I'm also really far behind on Dynamite. So this week. You know, sometimes it just depends on my mood. Sometimes I want to make sure I'm up to speed with all the current stuff. So I'll make sure that I'm streaming Impact and Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK. But other times, maybe when I'm a bit more stressed and I want something that's more of a a, a nice warm hug from the past, I'll go back to my old watch along. And yeah. for new listeners, um, I started like watching, doing a watch along of everything from like the Raw after WrestleMania 2000 onwards. And I've kind of been sporadically committed to that watch along. Um, and during the first lockdown, when we first started this podcast, I was going through it quite a lot and I'd gone through 01 and into 02. And then it's kind of started and stopped and started and stopped. And so, um, but this week I was um, uh, watching. Uh, October 2002, the build up to No Mercy, and I finally um, rewatched No Mercy 2002. Oh, which nice. was lovely to see again because I had it on DVD when I was younger. It was one of the first wrestling DVDs I had. So, mm-hmm. like, I must have watched that show over and over and over again. But what has been cool is to see the build up before it and the immediate aftermath of it. Um, and I'm currently, it's actually on a mute in the background right now, got the Raw after um, No Mercy 02 on, which is quite infamous because that's where the whole katie vick thing happens really with the casket you know um and here's the the thing that's one of those well-known infamous segments from raw that nobody remembers fondly and is widely panned as terrible but the thing is i'd only ever like seen still images from it i'd never actually seen it throughout (laughs) and i'd always assumed that that had happened before no mercy 2002 before the big triple h kane match um but no, it's the Raw after. It's the next night where like Bischoff announces the Elimination Chamber match, but doesn't tell oh, you what it is. Love it. Uh, and Shawn Michaels shows up at um, WWF New York, or the world as it was then, uh, and announces that he's fighting fitness at some point. I'm coming back. Uh, and Triple H airs this tape of the whole Katie Vick thing. And I expected it to be bad. And I had it on this morning <laughs> as I was making some um, rolls and sausage for me and my wife. And even by today's standards, when we're all really desensitized to things, and I'm not that sensitive a viewer, like I, I watch horror movies and stuff, and I'm, right. you know, I don't get easily turned off stuff. But this was the dribbling shi. Like it was absolutely god awful for my first time seeing it. <laughs> I knew what it was. I knew what Triple H was going to do. But even by 2002 standards, when they were in PG, it was. <laughs> awful and i would never subject myself to that again we are a positive podcast folks, i promise we are we really are but that's like um, that's like the like an infamous really bad segment though no. it's not as if it's yeah. your opinion that you think it's bad it's panned universally um yeah not just because of like the nature of it and the message that it gives out and that sort of thing and it's just listen it's just vince mcmahon daft humor that makes him laugh and thought it'd be good for triple h to get some heat no pun intended the fact it's keen um, but it's also really just badly done too, you know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just badly shot and stuff, and the and the dialogue is awful. Um, oh yeah. But sometimes, like when when you know, I, I I never watch it. But anytime, like I see like the sort of freeze frame of it or whatever, 
I do chuckle uh, just because of not because of the message of it whatsoever, but I do chuckle because of the ridiculous nature. The fact that it was written into this wrestling show that at the time was getting five million viewers. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. It didn't make Triple oh, H yeah. seem like a bad guy though. You know what I mean? That's the problem with it. You need these these acts need to be something that the character would do. Triple H the game yeah. would never do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I get at that time they were going for he's the ultimate heel, he's sadistic, yeah. he's self-centered. Um and yeah, that's a very sadistic thing to do, but I don't know, like it just yeah, it was just a bit too much of a jump, even for the wacky world of pro wrestling. It just and it seems so out of place, even with the edgy stuff they'd done in the years prior during the Attitude Era, it just yeah. felt so out of place. And I genuinely feel even if they tried that in nineteen ninety eight, it would have felt out of place then. Do you know? Yeah. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, that's an interesting. I love that time in WWE, though. Like all things considered, with like the SmackDown Six and that sort of thing. I'm sure you enjoyed the the tag yeah. match at No Mercy with Edge Dude, and Stereo and Angle Bengwa. I was about to ask you: Are we doing match of the week this week? No, but we can do it right now if you want. Right, just quickly cue the jingle. Dust it off and cue it. Okay. Wrestling recommendations. Wrestling recommendations. Wrestling recommendations. Match of the week. Oh, yeah. So, Chris, you just mentioned it. Dude, I remember loving this match way back when I first saw it in DVD in 2002, 2003. Would have been around the time I first watched it. If you haven't seen it, folks, it's No Mercy 2002, uh, which was the first WWE No Mercy after Mm -hmm. the change of name. Um, It happened on October 20th, 2002, and uh, you can stream it on the network. And uh, kind of like last week or the week before, Chris, where you were talking, it was two weeks ago, you were talking about Match of the Week and how, you know, we were talking about having matches with Benoit in it. And it's just a coincidence that we've got another Benoit match here. Um, Because my position with kind of watching his matches, as I said a couple of weeks ago, is that I can do it. I don't seek it out usually. Um, But this one obviously popped up because I'm doing my watch long. And it's the finals for the WWE Tag Team Championship Tournament. It's Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit versus Edge and Mysterio. Now, I remember when this happened at the time, I... um, I remember reading in WWE Magazine before I had the DVD that it was a really good match. And a fan wrote into WWE Magazine and said, this is great. Uh, And then I watched it and I remember loving it at the time. And I haven't watched it, you know, or I hadn't watched it in 13 years or so. So um, when I came to put it back on this week on one of my lunch breaks, it blew me away. And it's almost like the template for the modern day NXT classic tag mm. match, do you know what I mean? Yeah. If you think about those old revival matches in NXT, like it, it was, it's insanely good. And it, it, and even though I'd seen it before and I knew the result, I love it when a match is so good that you yeah. know it so well and you've seen it before, but you still second guess yourself during some of those near falls. Um, Undertaker and Edge at WrestleMania 24 still does that for me. Uh, so uh, I would thoroughly recommend it. No Mercy 2002 um, on the WWE Network. Kurt Angle and Chris Benoit versus Edge and Rey Mysterio. Whether you've seen it or never seen it, you are in for a treat. It's a very accessible match and nothing like the tone of the Katie Vick stuff that we were just mm-hmm. discussing. Yeah, and I mean, not to mention the Lesnar and Taker Hell in a Cell match on that show too, which almost changed the way the Hell in a Cell matches were looked at with the violence of it, you know what I mean? Because all the other Hell in a Cell matches before that had like a big stunt involved, you know? Whereas this one was just, they didn't leave the cell and it was just blood. Um, And it kind of took you, took you, took your breath away a little bit with that one. So that's a good one too. So No Mercy 2 is a great show. 
and is a great advert for WWE at the time, really, because the Kane Triple H match, you know, take away the storyline, is actually quite good too. So, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I enjoy um, Dan Ralph Van Dam and Ric Flair have a good match. Yeah. The opener with Bukatine Goldust, Goldust versus Jericho and Christian. Is that the one really with the good. rope breaks? Um, yeah, the rope breaks right right in the final sequence. Jericho's going for like a, a drop kick. Um, they wrongly call it and they say that he's going for a lion's saw, but he's, he's going for a drop kick to get Booker T out of the ring. But the finish of the match was supposed to be a lion's saw and they realized, and Jericho kind of realizes that he can't do a lion's saw. So he, he like leaps up to the top rope without That's being right. able to like climb onto a second rope and does a big moonsault instead uh, for the one, two, three. And I think it's like the only match in modern times that Chris Jericho's ever won with a like a, a mm. traditional moonsault as opposed to his line salt yeah. um and uh, and so it was really good and that's an interesting time in jericho's career because earlier on in the year he was world champion and he was headlining wrestlemania um and but he's, he's just showing his versatility at this point he's showing that he can do a little bit of everything and even as a tag team wrestler um he's he can get it done and the, the crowd will go wild um it's a good night for women's wrestling because it's the first time i think the wwe on pay-per-view had two women's matches really? and and what's more is that neither of these matches were like your kind of cringe to look back at kind of like lingerie you know match it was it was mm. just two straight wrestling matches um Dom Marie and Tori Wilson are having their match um uh with each other over the Al Wilson storyline and yep. to be fair that storyline has lots of like swimsuit contests in it so it is a wee bit weird to look back at now but the match itself is good and the, the women do really good and two of our favorites. we love we love Tori on this show because she's introduced our podcast and uh, sometimes I forget that, that Tori Wilson's introduced our show. I know, um, I know. Uh, but she, um, but people who say that she couldn't wrestle should go and watch this match. She does a great job. Um, and uh, it also has Trish Stratus versus Victoria, two excellent wrestlers in their own right. Um, but it also has the greatest backstage interview in all time when Funaki interviews Al Wilson. Do you remember it? Yeah, I know. You, always, you love this one. Tell us again. My question to you is, what were you doing in the shower with your clothes on? <laughs> Shout out to Funaki. Yeah, man, that's good. That's good. We have to bring it up every couple of episodes because it's, it's legendary. Yeah, so um, that's match of the week, folks. Uh, but go and check out the whole pay-per-view. Um, there really isn't a, a bad match on it, as far as I can remember, uh, having just watched it. And it's it's just a lot of fun. And, you know, the WWE was still going strong and well into this ruthless aggression era. So, yeah, it was a, a good week in wrestling. And I think it's been a good week in our lives. Chris, have you had any interesting moments? I have done. And let's chat about them. Right now. Wow. Right, you go first. So, uh, first, first and foremost, you know, now now that we've had it for a, week, a, a couple of weeks, I'm not sure about that jingle. It's a no, I am. Tea. I love it. I think it's brilliant. It's just you this like it? noise. <laughs> It's noise. It's noise. It's it's the symptom of me during the Christmas holidays having too much time on my hands. Just thought, I'll add another track onto it. Do you know what? We need some orchestral sounds on that, and maybe some piano. And you know what? Maybe I'll just see if I can do a good falsetto. Um, well, anyway. You did. You did. I did. Yeah. Uh, my moment of the week is is not wrestling related at all. Although wrestling was on in the background for a lot of this, but you know, for me, Chris, like I'm a teacher. If you don't know, folks. 
and uh, we had our first week this week of remote learning and it's just been a, a surprisingly but very welcome positive experience obviously nothing will ever fully compensate as a teacher for like being in the classroom but it's just not safe right now uh and you know i think when we were all put in this situation last time we were all kind of rushed into it and so we didn't really know what our tools were and the funny thing is before this happened last time i thought i was a teacher who had really good digital skills and boy did i have a lot to learn and i've learned so much you know i think a lot of teachers just had to kind of send worksheets out and it's so dull and uninspired the first time round. uh but now like my my school my department that i work in like we are so um we kind of really revel in doing like uh, live lessons do live streaming we do pre-recorded videos and stuff like that and i've gone ridiculously crazy i'm doing harry potter with my first years and i've been putting like yeah. special effects into my wave my magic wand and zapping out like, and stuff like that. I'm very impressed um thank you thank you very much uh just and just just a little thing to make it that little bit more engaging because you know you and i both know people who are studying at all levels not just at, like children and teenagers but you know young people at university and it's like when you remove the social aspect it just gets so much more boring you know um yeah. and i'm not offended uh, or i won't have my feelings hurt if my kids that i teach are that much more bored now because you just lose something engaging when you're not with them but my pupils to their credit have been excellent so many of them have been logging on the engagement's been really good uh and it's a sad kind of uncertain time yet again and i've spent a lot of time up here in the glendon uh streaming and um, teaching kids remotely from my attic sometimes with a dog at my feet <laughs> but you, the dog you I own, like not I'm, just a random dog. Yeah, yeah, my dog. But I feel like I'm genuinely doing something good, I guess. And I yeah. don't, that's not to be like big headed, but I just no, no, no. That's felt, good, felt, yeah. felt gratifying, and I guess that has been my moment of the week. It's just seeing that I because I was going into this week prepared for it to be me putting all my effort in, but for one reason or another, maybe there wouldn't be a lot of engagement, or uh you know you just don't know who's got access to the internet but it's just been really quite positive so i'm i'm grateful for that and uh, it's been my moment of the week chris that's that's a good moment of the week that's, that's a moment of the week that's going to positively impact someone's life which is which is a good thing which is what we're looking for for I moment of the week um I my moment so. of the week i think also benefited a lot of people's lives because this is a wee bit of a throwback one and so right. set the picture i I got a new external hard drive recently, right? Because I have been doing, ever since I was younger, I've been doing all these kind of like vlogs and that sort of thing. And then over the past five yeah. or six years, they've taken it a lot more seriously, trying to film as much as I can without, you know, overdoing it to the point where I'm not actually enjoying life in the moment, but also just wanting to have yeah. memories captured on camera. I think that's very important. It's something I don't yeah. have from when I was younger that I would want to have now, you know? Um, yeah. So I think going forward in my life, whether it be, when I'm when I'm much older, if I'm married, or kids and that sort of thing, like I will still be doing family videos, vlogs and that sort of thing. I think it's recommended for everybody because me now in my early twenties, I would love to see videos of myself when I was younger, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah. So I've always been this vlog kind of guy, and there is now loads of them. In 2020, I did a clip of every day of the year, so I've got 365 videos there. Well, I did. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but I the way okay, I'm gonna explain this. So basically the way that I do it is I would take the cup of my phone, put the phone 
clip onto the laptop and then what I need to do is I need to convert it into the file that will play on my laptop, which will be an MP4. So there's a lot of like original files and then the converted files. So what I would do yeah. was once the files were converted into the appropriate file type, I would delete the original files because why would why would I need them? I can't play them. You don't need the original yeah. files. You know, that makes sense. Of not. Yeah. <laughs> so what I would do is I'll go through them and stuff and I'll render them and I'll edit them and that sort of thing and then delete the originals. So in doing this, when I was deleting uh, maybe six or seven original files at the one time, I must have somehow... I don't, I'm, I'm usually very careful, I promise, Mr. Fraser. Oh, I'm very, no. I'm very careful. I must have accidentally highlighted the entire folder of November 2020 and hit delete. So I was on FaceTime to someone recently, and I was kind of going through it, and I was like, "Oh, I'm so proud of myself. I've got all this, all these clips and that sort of thing." Here we go: January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, December. Um, sorry, but what? And I had to go back and realise that there was no November in the folder anymore. And I was like, what's happened? Where's November going? So I'd spent the entire year, 365 days, taking a video a day for uh, and the purpose of being at the end of December, having this big video, you know, the entire year in about seven minutes or whatever. And now it's now I have that, it's the entire year in seven minutes, except November. <laughs> so I just don't have any <laughs> video. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it was a bit of a rubbish year to be honest with you. But I'll send you the video. I think you quite like it. Um, yeah, I'd love to see it actually because it'll be weird because it was so opened up and uh, at the beginning, you know, society was so yeah. normal. And you and I were in a pub in March or something, going to a wrestling show, a, a theater one of those days in that year. And it's just uh, crazy to there'll be such a sharp contrast. And then, you know, remember when society opened up briefly in summer yeah. and you and I were get that we were this close to doing an in-person podcast and then just right. at the last minute there, there were local lockdowns and we thought okay we'll prefer it for a month or two you know yeah well that's the thing when you watch the when you watch the video of the one clip every day because it really goes from you know going to the cinema and going to shows and nights out and that sort of thing and in pubs and then it's like two or three months of just going for walks and watching the telly and then there's like maybe two months of like the occasional we out for dinner and the occasional house party. And then back to September to December is once again in the house doing nothing. You know what I mean? So it's just, it's a weird year. Yeah. Um, so I'll let you watch it and you can see for yourself what you think. Um, but yeah, it's just, we've not got November. So the whole point of that story was I got an external hard drive because I refused to have that happen again. Right. I need something that will yeah. have all the files backed up. So nothing horrendous like that happens again. Um, and I've got mm -hmm. loads of external hard drives, but they're so cluttered with stuff from all over the years, you know? So yeah, and it's not. I don't just have a set vlog hard drive. So I thought this is the time I'm going to get one of those. So I've got a big two two terabyte hard drive going forward. That'll be the that'll be the vlog hard drive, right? So I had to set it up and all that sort of stuff. And I was like, right, why don't I go through the old ones and I'll just clear them all up? So in future, I know if I'm looking for something, I'll know where to find it because that's another pet peeve of mine as well. If someone goes, oh, remember that picture we took in 2007. And I'm like, I have no idea where it is. So I'd like to go and try and have some sort of organization through the hard drives, right? So I plugged in the one that I got in like 2011, 2012 sort of time. And on yeah. there is all like my backyard wrestling videos, right? Oh, God. So I've talked about this before. We did we did CWA, Chris's Wrestling Association. It was a YouTube show. There was loads of different variations of it. There was pay-per-views. There was matches and all that sort of stuff, right? It was, it was really quite creative. And when all the people uh, in school were going and smoking and doing drugs and that sort of thing, we were planning and booking the next two months of our shows. And I think of that, course. that was good. You know what I mean? I think that's, that's yeah. a big part of my why I'm so creative these days, you know, because it was these early roots, you know? So I'm looking through the hard drive and I found some absolute gems. They were so much fun to look back on. Some of these matches that I had and some of these promos that I did. And 
and it's funny because it kind of got a bit more um what's the word a bit more um on embarrassing non-embarrassing because at first it was a lot of like american accents and really bad um promos and that sort of thing and then they took a bit more seriously and it became like an actual decent show you could probably watch you know with like storylines and stuff but originally it was really really just there was nothing there at all right i don't know if i can show you everything but i can show you i can show you some stuff um i I definitely can post on the socials but i can i can show you some stuff um, I mean, can I just say for the record as well that you we have been doing this podcast for 41 episodes and you still have not told the story about the time you tried to train to be a pro wrestler. And you keep downplaying it, you keep putting it off, and one of these weeks you're going to tell that story. I'm just keeping the listeners engaged for the next year. That's <laughs> <laughs> I want the thing is the thing is you haven't properly told me that story and that's the thing a lot of the time we tell these stories and I kind of have a vague familiarity I'm like what I didn't I didn't know this I only knew this and when you only told me this when we were in the pub in March of 2020 or whenever it was uh before that Gradle wrestling show and I was like oh yeah I ran the ropes and uh, Nicky Cross was there and like what I don't think that wasn't the first time I told you that was it I'm pretty sure it was or, or it wasn't long before that, if you right. did. Maybe it was at the JR show or something. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe I'll get to it eventually. I don't know. It's not. It's nothing... You're going to be disappointed. It's nothing too hilarious, but I'll tell the story. You anyway. say that. You say that. But um, okay, we'll get there. So, yeah, so I'm looking through all these videos. So that was, my moment of the week was looking through all those moments and stuff, like all those old matches and that sort of thing, right? So then I'm looking through the, the original folder. I'm organising all. I've got CWA 2008 through 2010, and I've got a separate folder... CWA 2011 through 2014 and 2014 was like our last year doing it and stuff so mm-hmm. I'm just kind of organising it all and I'm looking through the 2008 file right now and uh, there's like all these different categories, 2008 pay-per-views CWA on YouTube show um, pictures, theme songs and in one of them there is CWA magazine the folder wow. and I went oh this is one of them, because I told you about this before didn't I, like, I, I used yeah. to make like more magazines so I clicked on it so I'd just like to share with you some of the some of the content of the magazine Oh please do this! I hope this is on par with uh, um, Ultimate Tempe Wrestling Magazine. The problem with that is the Ultimate Tempe Wrestling Magazine was actually coverage of storylines. This is my created characters and that sort of thing that no one knows who they are, and no one would see these. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is all for my own enjoyment. Right. I would never share this with anybody. I'm actually sitting in the house for hours writing this for no reason other than just because it made me laugh. I don't know. Excellent. Um, so here we have this is a CDB Magazine for May 2010. Um, and it is coverage of the annual biggest show of the year, Trampamania 7. Um, <laughs> so we have uh, CWA, Trampamania 7, celebrating seven years of CWA wrestling. I don't understand how that's a thing, because it definitely didn't start seven years ago. Yeah. A triple threat match took place where the monster Oblivion defeated his CWA... <laughs> defeated his CWA World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> Not defended, defeated against yeah. Super Psychosis, Christoph Hero. That was me. Wow, you I mean there's a lot of names going on there. <laughs> so we have Oblivion, right? So Oblivion was was the main heel of the show, and Oblivion is the word Oblivion spelt with an A. Ah, so, <laughs> so it's Oblivion. Oblivion, right? What's that in there? What's that over there? It's Oblivion. Oblivion. He, to be fair, Grant was Grant was definitely probably the best wrestler out of all of us. He was he was he took it very seriously and he got his body in good shape and used to diet and all that stuff. He was he was he was very strong, he was really good. So Oblivion uh, defeated the CWA World Heavyweight Championship against Super Psychosis Christoph Hero and Rooney Rocket. Wait, wait, wait. Was this before or after the the CWA steroid scandal? You this see is, that um, in good shape. This is uh, well before. 
Um, or was this this was during the um, the ice pop scandal or the the, <laughs> the sherbert scandal? What do young people eat these days? I don't know. <laughs> ice pop. You should your age there. Um, okay, and then so we're not going to talk about the fact my nickname was Super Psychosis. No, I don't know. Um, that got me too. Super Psychosis, Christoph Hero. I mean, there are at least three, maybe four wrestlers you are combining there. <laughs> I know, creating my own. Right, so here's the, here's the analysis of the match, right? This is by author Chris Moffat. Um, Oblivion threw Hero off a 10-feet ladder through a reinforced with steel box and hit the Pepsi twist on Rooney Rocket, then punted wow. Hero on the head to retain the title. This was Oblivion's third Trampomania victory. So that was the analysis on the main event of Trampomania. Mm-hmm. And then we have the, the next page of the title is Straight Edge Hero. So Oblivion's character, he was a straight edge character. I wonder where they got that from. Um... And I was, I was, I was more of a free, I was more of a Jeff Hardy kind of type, free living and that sort of thing. But Oblivion always thought, Oblivion always liked Christoph Hero's kind of attitude towards wrestling. So he always wanted to try and be his friend. But essentially, they were they were big rivals. So right. there's a but picture of mutual respect, mutual respect. Um, and yeah. so there's a picture here in the magazine of Oblivion throwing Hero into the ring. And uh, the analysis is Oblivion dropped a substance into Christoph Hero's water. <gasps> Hero Hero drank the water for some reason. He turned straight edge. <laughs> I love how he turned you straight edge by flipping while drugging you. <laughs> he, he don't turn straight edge, right? <laughs> he didn't turn heel or turn face, he turned straight edge. Hero entered with Oblivion and teamed with him to defeat Rooney Rocket in the main event of week three. I just love the idea of being drugged and then yep. became a straight edge. That's great. Um, Excellent. And this is another name. It's the introduction of the character The Million Dollar Boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he, was a, he was a millionaire character. Um, oh, brilliant! <laughs> his analysis of this. after the loss of Jeff Stone, CWA had to bring in some new talent, and we did. The Million Dollar Boy made his debut on CWA on YouTube Week Three, and he signed he signed his contract live on camera. Hero tried to get the best out of the Million Dollar Boy by slapping him three times. When the MDB <laughs> returned the favor by slapping the hell out of Hero. Which led to a match that stole the show in a four-star match. <laughs> so that was So that was See the Way magazine, May 2010. Oh God! Why is there so much slapping? <laughs> Who's Jeff Stone? <laughs> Jeff Stone, Jeff Stone. So this was so Grant played two characters. My mate Grant actually played three characters in the end. But there was Oblivion oh, and there was the Million Dollar Boy. So he used to play Oblivion and Jeff Stone, but Jeff Stone was too bland. So we needed some. We needed something more fun. So we 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 fired Jeff Stone and he, we hired the Million Dollar Boy. Brilliant, brilliant. And of course, this is all a, a trade secret. This is all inside scoop, inside yeah, knowledge. Right? This, is the, this is the Observer version of CWA. But here, four star <laughs> match on YouTube. Not bad. Not bad. Not bad. Dave Meltzer, you know, would, yeah. uh, wouldn't sniff at that, I don't think. That's pretty right, good. Got, That's pretty good to read. Probably, I don't know if this is boring to the listeners, but I'm going to read some more. Um, no, is, uh, well, it's, I don't. I don't care if it is. It's, it's uh, highly entertaining to me. So, so there, was a, there was a folder called CWA Magazine, which I read some there, but there was also CWA Books. And um, so, and okay, so you and your own backyard wrestling federation. Not only had you did you have a magazine deal, you had a book deal as well. This book is good. Deal, I mean, 
just thinking like as an English teacher, this would have blown me away if I one of my pupils was, was writing their own wrestling magazines and wrestling books. This and not, there's bound to be people listening who did this kind of stuff, you know? That, that yeah. we this was the kind of thing we did. We only would read or write about wrestling. Think about some of your pupils now, because I never I never told anybody about this. It's not as if I was showing my English teacher this stuff. You you could have pupils that are yeah. doing creative writing and you just you just don't know it, you know? Absolutely. Um so yes, we had a book deal. I also have um like autograph signings that I would that someone would film and it would just be me sitting at my desk and just signing bits of paper and pretending I was autographing it for the fans. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yes, I did. Yes. That's what I did when I was in school, right? So and who, who was, um, was Grant also playing the fans, this versatile actor that he is, you know. There was no there was no real, no, 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 no. There was there was no one actually there in tens of fans. I was just talking to nobody. I was just pretending they were there. Use your imagination, man. It's amazing. This is amazing. Um, So, so in the Cedarway Books uh, series, it clearly wasn't very successful because there was only one, and it was the Christoph Hero autobiography, of course. Of course. And uh, it was called "Being Super Psychosis" by Cedarway Books. Um, and here we have like the introduction and all that sort of stuff. This is my autobiography. Pictures of me on the trampoline. Blah blah blah. Uh, And then the second chapter is entitled how i got into wrestling so if you remember back on episode one of the wrestling connection i told you my wrestling story which to, to my knowledge is pretty accurate um yeah. obviously it was about you know we're coming on about 18 19 years ago so i've got kind of like fuzzy memories here and there but i think the story i told on on the wrestling connection was pretty much pretty much what it was right i can remember it pretty vividly so what i want to do now is read this chapter of how i got into wrestling and i want to see how the stories match up right okay that'll be, this will be good I don't know if you remember my story from episode one, but I'll, I'll see if you can keep me right here, right? So this yeah, is... Yeah, I, remember, I remember it well. So this is how I get into wrestling on uh, the, the autobiography. So here we go. Basically, there is a story to tell, so I'll tell you it right now. Why I thought that was an appropriate opening sentence, I don't know. That sounds like the beginning of a Creed song. <laughs> There's a story to tell, so I'll tell you right now. Basically, yeah. Right. Here we go. This is written by me, 2010. When I was three years old... I thought wrestling was a piece of crap. <laughs> opening, opening Those were your exact words as a three-year-old. Three-year-old. Opening line. One night, <laughs> one night, my older cousin Graham was staying overnight at my house. He asked my dad if he could record, or at that time, tape. I love how I knew that that was like, recording was a new thing. Yep. He asked my dad if he could record, or at that time, tape, an episode of WCW Nitro. Already, this is wrong because this is this is two thousand and two or something. So right, okay. clearly, is... maybe two thousand and one, but clearly, and even we didn't get Nitro really, did we? I think we got Nitro on like a Thursday night on on Bravo, but definitely I didn't know that yeah. at the time. You yeah. know, it was always like WCW Saturday night that we got, which was the kind of B show. Anyway, my dad said yes, so we went to bed all exited. He couldn't wait <laughs> to get up in the morning so we could watch Nitro. So we got up in the morning pretty early around 7.30am. At that time, I was a really light sleeper, so if I held anything, I would get up and cry. <laughs> we got up and went downstairs. Graham turned on Nitro and I asked for my Frosties. At this point, Graham is screaming at Nitro and I'm telling him to shut the hell up, but as normal, he ignores me and continues shouting at the telly. I'm sighing and grumping about how wrestling is on TV, but then I just stared at the TV. And magic happened. Wow. I thought to myself, what in the name am I watching? 
I thought wrestling was BS. And now, I can't take my freaking eyes off the effing TV. <laughs> it, it just clicked to me. This is wrestling. And this is what I'll be spending the rest of my life in love with. Oh, that's quite nice in the end. I record, I'm not done. I record the WCW Nights Rowan Thunder every week, which was obviously a blatant lie, and was only allowed to watch a pay per view when Graham bought them. That was hard at the time because he was doing exams at school. <laughs> I bugged my dad every month to look on the internet and get results because I didn't know what to do. What? <laughs> Hang on a second. I'll slow to you. I don't want to go through this. But yeah, so, so pretty much as we go on. I need to talk about this, but okay, hang on. Oh, I'll skip a wee bit, I'll skip a wee bit, okay. Um, so I was forced to watch wrestling on a Saturday morning, which didn't bother me one bit, as I was watching, as, because if I was watching it, I was happy. My first pay-per-view was Armageddon 2000, with an Armageddon Hell in a Cell as the main event. When I saw Undertaker chokeslam Rikishi from the top of the cell onto a pile of garbage below, I said then, Undertaker is my favourite. The first real storyline that I knew was the Invasion Angle. Everyone bashes that angle, but since it was my first one, I really loved it. After boycotting WCW altogether, so I for the WWF, I hated them and always did what they told me to support. And I supported the good guys. When WWF defeated WCW at Survivor Series 2001, I had never been so happy in my life. That's very sweet. Really not, I mean, it's not that... It's not that poorly written, really. And well, how old were you? I mean, it's pretty good, I would say. I was, I was twelve. Yeah, that's yeah. not bad at all. Twelve, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was just reading that the other week, and I was just the other day, sorry, for a moment of the week, and I was, I was howling like, and the story's not too far fetched, but like, I love the fact that like, I got my frosties and I just hated wrestling. I thought it was nonsense, and he's shooting at the TV at seven thirty in the morning and things like that. Like, I love the detail that I was going through, and this is my autobiography when I was twelve, you know. Yeah, no, that's really that's really sweet, and I wish I still had some of the wrestling things that I wrote because I would read Power Slam and uh, WWE magazine and and try and write my own versions of those magazines. Right, uh, and I, I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, but or whenever it was, we spoke about Ultimate Tempe Wrestling magazine. Go back and listen to that one if you can. Uh, but I uh, I don't have any of that stuff anymore. It's tw- I'm, as far as I'm aware, it's all all gone, all landfill now. And and it's sad. So it was quite lovely and like just nice to hear that because <laughs> you can totally just hear your wee, you know, 10, 12, 11 year, year old wrestling fan in there. Yeah. You were really the million dollar boy. Not great. Because <laughs> of all the books I was going to sell. But I just love yeah. things like that. Like um, this is this is now the one I'm going to love for the rest of my life. Like I'm committing my life to pro wrestling, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there you go. So that that was that's what I was up to when I was twelve. I know other people were probably getting into trouble, but I was I was doing some creative writing. And I, I kind of wish that I followed through with that a little bit. You know what I mean? Like and, and maybe took it a bit more seriously. But I ended up performing more than writing, and I kind of took that route a bit more. You know. But it's just interesting yeah. to look back on. That's all. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank You're you. welcome. Okay, Chris, uh, let's talk about what happened in wrestling on this day. Cue the jingle, Miles. On this day! So, uh, I, I always call it on this day mainly because for the jingles, but some, we don't always get it, stuff that goes exactly on this day. So it's the 24th of January 2021, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. And uh, on the 22nd of January, it was a Monday, and Monday, of course, means uh, Nitro and Raw. It's so, Monday. You know what that means. Oh, we love you, Mr. Brody Lee. We miss you. 
so uh, so on Monday Night Raw in on January twenty sorry Monday Night Raw on January twenty second two thousand and one, the first match was Mike Modest from Beyond the Mat versus Christopher Daniels. Oh, and wow, you know who shows, Yeah, and do you know who shows up in this match? No, some guy called AJ Styles. That's funny, man. How funny is that? This is this is. This is obviously right before WWE goes out of business, and I yeah. remember like AJ was on the show quite a bit back then because he was part of like the it was going to be the cruiserweight tag titles and that sort of thing, wasn't he? Absolutely, God, you just wonder if if WCW had managed to stay in business if they'd been bought over by uh, with a TV do- deal, like you know he probably would have stayed there for quite some time. TNA yeah. would not exist, uh, not in the way that we uh, know it now. Uh, Lance Storm defeats Conan uh, in the second match, and in the third match, Lex Luger defeats uh, Diamond Dallas Page. Um, really? So it's not, it's not a bad show so far. You've got the uh, Mamelukes versus the Natural Born Thrillers on that episode of Nitro. Nice. Uh, apparently, it's kind of a dud match, according to this blogger that I'm reading. Uh, and Shane Douglas takes on Ernest Miller, somebody oh, called my mama, yeah. Ernest the Cat Miller, uh, for the commissioner from the for the commissionership of Nitro or or of WCW. Um, again, apparently not a very good match. And then the sixth match in the show is. This uh, Chavo Guerrero versus now. This is the names that we got here. I can't. I can't even pronounce that. I don't even <laughs> say that. But Chavo Guerrero is in action, okay. And then in your main main event, Buff Bagwell versus Kevin Nash for the number number one contendership. Oh man! So not, not a bad lineup, especially looking back at it historically. It's not you know you know to look back at what it was then. I mean, obviously at this point the, that was Nitro, and on the same night on Monday Night Raw, I mean it's blown out of proportion. Like Test defeats William Regal in the Euro- for the European Championship, and he the title changes hands. Test becomes the new European ta- champion in that match. Uh, Farouk and Bradshaw defeat the Hardy Boys. The Rock teams up with Chris Jericho to defeat the Big Show and Chris Benoit. Wow. Ivory defeats Molly Holly. Kane defeats Rikishi. Lowdown, our boy D'Lo Brown and Chaz defeat the tag team champions via disqualification. That's the Dudley Boys. Wow. Um, Al Snow defeats Raven and then Raven defeats Al Snow back. This is the Hardcore Championship going back and forth. And then your main event, Triple H and Stephanie McMahon defeating Kurt Angle and Trish Stratus. Interestingly, no Austin on this show. Mm. I remember I remember uh, that match, that mixed tag match in the main event there. I remember it being on the highlight packages for a bit. Austin made it a promo or something like that though. Uh, it's quite possible, yeah. I'm not sure what the uh, what the situation was, but of you course, this is just before he wins his third Royal Rumble. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Buff Bagwell there. Um, yep. I had I had Buff Bagwell's action figure from the WCW days and that sort of thing, and always considered him a big star. But now, obviously, looking back, um, he obviously didn't really quite meet the potential. I I'm shocked by that because he was full of charisma. He was a big guy. He wasn't great in the ring, but you know, at that time, it wasn't the be on end all. You would think that in that sort of segment where it was like Buff Bagwell and Booker T and it was like that yeah. match they did it on Raw and it was meant to be the new Nitro and that sort of thing and the match was so bad that Vince decided to cancel the whole plan I don't think you know you could put it on either of them because Booker T went on to be a big star I'm just surprised yeah. Vince didn't love Buff I think it's it's that that when I think back on that, I think that's the, both of those guys. That match was more the victim of the context. You know, the match itself okay. isn't that bad, but it's a WWF crowd who's paid to see WWF stars who does not want to see that in the main event or in the the last hour of Raw. Yeah. That's just even with Austin and Angle interfering, um, and so you know, I just think. Uh, 
if they really wanted to do something proper with Buff, there was maybe another way of doing it. But at the same time, Booker T was definitely the bigger star coming out of WCW. He'd closed out the last Nitro, winning the title from Scott Steiner. uh, And he was a lot more over and had a lot more name value and recognition. And they'd already, they'd already sort of committed to Booker T at this point with him interviewing at King of the Ring. Um, despite the fact that Austin got injured, you know, he, he was, he, they clearly had a lot of faith in him and it, it paid off. He had a really good uh, couple of runs in the WWF and the WWE. I guess Buff had just never really um, proved himself for Vinnie McMahon. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. But that's, that's a, that's a newsworthy time on this day, you know, on this day. Thank you, Miles, for that. Thank you. So are we always just going to do 2001? We're never going to go through like other years and stuff? We can do if you want. I'm just in love with 2001, and yeah, I love sure. to cherry-pick things. So, yeah, we will shake it up every now and then. Why not? I guess it's because it's like the 20th anniversary, isn't it? So it's more Absolutely. of an excuse to do 2001. Um, okay, great. Let's finish off this week with a nice episode of What I'm Thankful For in Wrestling This Week by myself, Christopher. Here we go. What I'm thankful for in wrestling this week. Oh, yeah. All right, so this one is a follow-up from two weeks ago. So two weeks ago, we did Thankful, and your Thankful episode was WWE Bite This and things like that, internet shows and that sort of thing. I am now going to counter that because I I don't know why I didn't bring it up on that show because two weeks ago, we talked about other shows that were similar to that and like other like sort of exclusives online and like the um, the behind-the-scenes stuff like Confidential and things like that. Um. Did you ever watch any episodes of the TNA Spin Cycle? I have never heard of the TNA Spin Cycle. You're going to have to educate me. Okay. Um, That's what I'm thankful for this week, the Spin Cycle. It was a YouTube slash TNA Wrestling.com exclusive show that we did every week. And it was hosted by the one and only Jeremy Borash, JB. And it was his show. And every week there would be four panellists. And it would be questions about life. It would be questions about wrestling. It would be, it, it wasn't really storyline driven, but like heels would play heels and faces would play faces. And it was essentially just like a sort of round table show, but very lighthearted. It was on for about 20 minutes a week. And it would just be utter nonsense. It would just be banter and patter. And sell, I mean, it was a great chance for it. It's a bit like talking smack, you know, where like people could go on there and just express themselves. There was no script. They could talk about what they wanted to talk about. It was daft um, humor and daft kind of topics and that sort of thing. And uh, JB would say, okay, let's talk about your your first experience watching wrestling. Let's take it for a spin. And he would, he would go, we're going to do Bobby Roode first. And Bobby Roode would talk about his first experience as a wrestling fan. And then it would go to James Storm, who would sit next to him. And then it would be maybe Velvet Sky. And then it would be Kurt Angle. And you'd get people like Booker T on there just taking the utter piss. There'd be Mick Foley on there sometimes, the Pope, D'Angelo De Niro, not the Pope. Um, just loads of folk. And I would highly recommend anybody out there who's never seen the spin cycle to do a wee research, do a wee YouTube, and watch a couple of episodes. I'm going to do a wee search right now to see if there's any full episodes on YouTube. Teeny spin cycle. They're all pretty much... Oh, I don't know if they're all still on there, but there's loads still on there. Um, highly recommended just for a couple of, a couple of sessions this week checking out some of these funny episodes and it's funny seeing them like back in the day you know seeing these characters there's oh my god there's one with tommy dreamer d'lo brown simon diamond and al snow we're gonna watch that one um nice there's ec3 there's sting jeff jarrett jim Cornette, and don west all on at the same time uh james storm sting austin aries kurt angle it was a lot of fun and i would used to watch them all the time on on youtube and tna wrestling.com that's what i'm thankful for this week Nice one. Like, there's a lot of that content that, you know, 
well, it's um, Anthem now that have it, that must right. have all that teeny stuff. And and so much of it is on Impact Plus, but they must still have a lot of wee gems and hidden gems that um, when you think about what they have, you know, they have Macho Man's last match and in inverted right. commas, just stuff like that that jumps off the head. You know, it's no wonder that WWE is so interested and will inevitably one day in the future yeah. buy that video library. Um and we'll probably see that in our lifetimes, but I almost don't want it to happen anytime soon because I feel like Impact's has has had this resurgence. And I like one thing I like about Impact is that whereas they do show like a segment of old stuff every week on Impact, um, I don't feel like they're relying too heavily on that the legacy that they had from their kind of hot streak way back then. Uh, they seem to be kind of like trying to almost be a, a new promotion with, with these kind of ties to the old TNA. Um, and that and that's just a, a part of me almost wants to go back and do a watch along of TNA from its inception and, and kind of enjoy its run and, and, and watch these wee shows as well, uh, like Spin Cycle uh, and, and enjoy that. I mean, Spin Cycle to me was something that's a setting on my washing machine, you know. Right. <laughs> right yeah. I don't know where they got the name from, but JB was the best. JB was the best host ever. And he was always, I, I should be thankful for JB, because he would come out in the TNA UK shows. The one you went to, he wasn't there. And I was gutted. Because yeah. um, he was like, he came out on those shows and he was the host. You know, it's not as if he was just a ring announcer. He came out and he would like talk to people in the front row and he would say like, who's your favorite wrestler? And he would go around yeah. and he would like get Glasgow buzzing and all that stuff. And then he would say, and people who make the most noise, I'm going to take you backstage to meet all the wrestlers. So make as much noise as you can. And people would go mental and he was just the best host. And then when it came to pay-per-views, he would be the one, I don't know why they would do this, but he would be the one that would do the introductions for the main event. So you'd have uh, Christy Hemi, who'd be the ring announcer, or Dave Penzer. They'd be the ring announcer for the matches. But then when it came to the world title match, JB always did the ring announcements because it was a world yeah. title match. It was special. And JB would go in the ring and he would make it sound as if it was like um, like a boxing match, like a, a, a boxing match that the world was watching. It made it feel so big. Um, and one of my favourite ring announcers of all time, I think. So, yeah, big big shout to JB and, and NXT. are extremely lucky to have him now on board with like he does like the sort of video productions and that sort of thing. Um, but you're right about WWE buying the video library at some point. I wonder when that'll be. Um, there was a period of time right before Anthem bought over Impact that it looked as if it was yeah. likely. Seemed like 2016, it looked as if it was going to happen. And, and, you know, and I, was waiting, is, I was waiting for it too, and I kind of I was hoping for it because at that point, save for the, at that point, and to my mind, there was only really two good things that was coming out of TNA at that point as a casual viewer: all the Matt Hardy stuff and uh, seeing Drew kind of like. Yeah get you know go from strength to strength and and you, you saw what drew was doing in that time at you know an icw and impact and evolve and you just knew that he was going to go back and one day have another wwe run and i'm so glad it's working out so well for him uh by the way big big uh heads up to the the big man drew you know uh, by the time this goes out we'll be that bit closer to the rumble or is this the day of the rumble isn't it the 24th or is it a week after i think it's the week after the rumble uh, but you know he's he's scheduled to wrestle Goldberg. He's not been very well with COVID, so Drew uh, get well soon. But yeah, to go back to Tony, just just on that, it just shows you COVID can happen to anybody. Drew McIntyre is the most unbelievable physical specimen and in the prime of his life, but yeah. still he's not immune. You know, 
Absolutely. And it just goes to show that we all really, really need to take care, uh, especially with all these variants are hyper aggressive in terms of spread. So, um, yeah, it's that's so important that we keep ourselves safe. But to go back to TNA around that time, it felt at that point that we'd gone through that cycle a lot of TNA, the rumors coming around that they're going to go out of business and that they're going to get bought on out and nobody's watching their show. And uh, and then they would always kind of hang on. And I just thought, well, despite this, that, that, that despite the fact that I'd enjoyed the stuff with Drew and him wrestling Angle, and despite the the Matt Hardy stuff, I was I was ready for TNA to kind of die a death at that point. And I thought, you know what, this will be good because it means WWE will have the video library. I'll be getting more from my buck on the network, and um, you know, there'll there's maybe more interesting stories to be told by WWE owning it and by by being able to then openly acknowledge TNA, which they can do easily now because they're not fussed about it anymore. Yeah. But um, you know, back then it was a, a different story. Uh but how I, I can you know, to my point, as I've been going on for months, I'm so glad that that didn't happen and that anthem swept in. But I have to say when it did happen, I had zero faith that anything good was going to come of it. And then it, then it became this, this kind of promotion that was just a bit of a shame. You knew they had excellent wrestlers, but it just wasn't supposed to be that good. But it is good. And I'm, again, folks, um, Impact is probably my number two promotion of 2020, um, with AEW being the clear winner for me. And that's taken nothing away from WWE. That's, that's a very difficult call to make because all the promotions really excelled, I think, this year in these circumstances, or this past year yeah. in those circumstances. I'm rambling now, Chris, but it's just my love cool. for wrestling getting me excited. What you're, saying, what you're saying is that Impact is hard to kill. Um, hey! So- <laughs> yeah, I listen, I've always been a TNA guy, I'll always be a TNA guy, and it's funny looking back on some of the stuff, and it's just awful some of the stuff, but at the time it was just the other promotion, which I loved, you know, um, and there's some really there's some really good gems in there, so check out some Spin Cycle this week. Um, you mentioned all the, all the promotions excelling in this time. SmackDown is amazing right now, I love SmackDown, um, AEW is, is can't miss, and Impact's so much fun, so it's like, you know... What's uh, COVID and, and the p- pandemic hit everything, but wrestling has essentially excelled, you know, so has thrived in this situation. So, looking forward to 2021. We've already had a couple of absolute screamers of matches this year so far from all promotions. Yeah. So, I am looking forward to seeing where we go from here. But until next time, folks, that has been another exciting episode of the Wrestling Connection. Hopefully, you enjoyed my audiobook of my previously written autobiography, which you can get at all Waterstones. I mean, and I feel more cultured and to come full circle, I feel more enticed for hearing it, Chris. Well, one of my New Year's resolutions was to read more. So if that includes my own autobiography from 2010 or whenever, then I'm fine with that. Excellent. I'm fine with that. Uh, Anything you you'd everyone. like to say to the I just wanted to thank anyone who's tuned in to listen this week. Uh, if you're new, guys, uh, please jump on and, and listen to our past shows. Um, you know, some of my favorites include us talking about our favorite experiences at live events. There's the best of Meet a Wrestler episode, which kind of gives you a flavor of like the, that segment, which was kind of the only clip show that we've ever done. That might give you a good flavor of, of us talking about the, the various wrestlers that we've met. And so far, our stories have included everyone from the Young Bucks to Chris Jericho. No, that's a lie. No one, none of us have met Jericho. <laughs> the young, I was just thinking about AEW. Yeah, but the Young Bucks, John Moxley. Cena, Bret Hart, Mick Foley. Uh, and, and there's more of that yet to come. And we've had a, a few cameo appearances from wrestling stars, everyone from, uh, you, you know, all the Mount Rushmore wrestling, you know, um, uh, Tori Wilson, Santino Morella, Chavo Guerrero, uh, Mick Foley, of course, and uh, Josh Matthews. 
Gangrel as well introduced Coach. the show. And so Jonathan Coachman did our very first one. So listen, the, the show has grown over the months that we've been doing it. But if you listen to us, please give us your feedback. Get in touch. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. Leave comments, review us on, on your podcast provider. And, um, and you know, get in touch and let us know that, that, you're, that you're there. Is anybody out there? <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, do you want to do me a wrestle next week? Should bring that back. Yeah, listen, yeah, I, I, um, I don't know. Yeah, we'll do me a wrestle next week. Either you and I can go. If it's me, then I might tell the story about meeting a certain um, Oklahoma-based um, okay. announcer since we're okay. on the AEW theme. But you know, the, the, there's other stories I could tell. That sounds good. That sounds good. We'll report back next week on episode forty-two. It's my lucky episode. And we will Woo. see you next time here on the Wrestling Connection Podcast. Thanks very much for joining us. Take care of yourselves and we'll catch you all down the road. Change my mind.